everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. I'm your host, J to the B. Uh, welcome back. Happy to have you here. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I know I did. Uh, before we get into everything, uh, a little bit about my weekend. You know, Friday was Friday. Friday is always good, you know. You have the weekend off, no more work, but unlike other people, I am someone that probably works a little bit too much. You know, I'm always down for making a couple of extra bucks, so I did work some overtime, and I worked from home Saturday. Uh, We are in the midst of, you know, if you don't know this about me, I'm a big fan of tennis, and we are in the midst of the French Open. It is clay court season. The French Open, of course, is also known as Roland Garros, and it takes place in Paris. This is one of the four majors. It's the French Open. It is uh, the Australian Open, the U.S. Open, and Wimbledon. Um, So, yes, while working from home, I was watching tennis all day. And then uh, after work, I went over my good friend's house, Hope and Seth. They are moving an hour and a half away. Um, I have been friends with Hope since the seventh grade. I've been friends with Seth. Since the 11th grade, Hope and Seth started dating uh, in the 11th grade when we were all in high school. I think they got married when we were like 22. Um, And they have a baby girl. Hope is expecting another baby. Uh, Their eldest child, River, that's my goddaughter. And like for the last 10 years, I've only ever been like within 30 minutes of Hope and Seth, and now they're going to be an hour and a half away. And so uh, they invited some friends over on Saturday, and we just had a good time just, you know, drinking, listening to music, having good conversation, you know, wishing Hope and Seth well as they move on to a new location. Thank God. They are not moving to a different state or a different country. They are just uh, moving an hour and a half up north. And I have a car, so I'll be able to go visit them. Um, And where they are moving is a beautiful location. It's one place I love to visit, so uh, it's going to be great to see them soon. Um, And then on Sunday, I just chilled. I just chilled. I pretty much laid in the bed all day. You know, I did some laundry. I cleaned. You know, I did go to DeKalb Farmer's Market. For those who live outside of Atlanta or Georgia, uh, one of my favorite places to go grocery shopping for produce is DeKalb Farmer's Market. They have everything you need when it comes to, like, fruits and veggies, and they have pastries, and they have spices. And every, I mean, their meat section, their their seafood section. I love that place. You know, anytime you go there, you always see something you've never seen before. Uh, they had a shark on ice. I don't know who in Atlanta is buying shark to make, but they had shark on ice. Um, so, yeah, I did some grocery shopping. And then I came back home. Did some cooking. I watched the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I did watch some more tennis. Uh, I watched 
Summer House Martha's Vineyard. You know, it was a good weekend. It was a chill weekend, and I had a really great time. So let's get into some Bravo news. So if you don't know, season 17 of The Real Housewives of Orange County returns tonight on Bravo, even though I am recording this Tuesday night. Uh, by the time you'll hear this, <laughs> Real Housewives of Orange County will be premiering tonight at 8 p.m. season 17. And yes, if you're wondering, I will be recapping and discussing The Real Housewives of Orange County. I'm excited to introduce a new show to the pod. Um, that's one thing about doing a Bravo podcast. You know, shows come, shows go. Sometimes you love a season. Sometimes you don't like a season. You know, uh, Summer House OG is closing out. Um, they had their... Uh, season 7 Reunion Part 2, and that is the end of Season 7. Uh, we are closing out Real Housewives of New Jersey this week. It is the final part of Vanderpump Rules, uh, the third part of the reunion, where some big bombshell is going to be dropped that not all the cast knows about, and they have uh, delayed sending out contracts for the new season because apparently this bombshell that will be dropped on part three of the Vanderpump Rules reunion uh, is going to possibly shake up things. So we'll see what that is. Um, our next Bravo news is that there are rumors that the next season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills will premiere on November 1st, which I believe is the week of BravoCon in Las Vegas. Um, I'm excited to see what Beverly Hills is going to bring without Lisa Rinna. I'm very curious. Uh, all, the, all the ladies of Beverly Hills seem to be saying, you know, it's a great season. Uh friendships are deeper. There's a lot of personal story this season. And this season, the ladies are having fun. So we'll see how Beverly Hills does without the presence of the legendary, and some would say infamous, Lisa Renna. So before we get into the actual recaps and discussion, our last thing for Bravo news to be discussed is Kim Zosiak. Uh, she was in the headlines over the weekend. A lot of reports. Uh, I'm going to get into it. <laughs> you know, at this point, I believe that Kim Zosiak is going to be on next season of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I just think that with everything that she's going through, it would be more beneficial for her to be filming The Real Housewives of Atlanta right now and not, you know, eight months from now. Because the Real Housewives of Atlanta, they are in the beginning of their new season. And they probably won't go into production until the end of the year for the next season. Um, but according to page six, Corey Bierman, who is the husband of Kim Zosiak, Corey Bierman used to play for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Corey Bierman accused Kim Zosiak of punching him in the back of the head the day before he filed for divorce. Page six obtained a police report dated May 4th that shows two Milton Police Department officers responded to the estranged couple's Georgia home after Zosiak reported a domestic dispute. Dispute, sorry. 
The Real Housewives of Atlanta alum told cops her husband had locked her designer purses, jewelry, and passport in, in a safe before hiding the key from her. She claimed that the items were premarital assets totaling $175,000. However, the former NFL player claimed the officers that the goods were marital property and explained he took them with the intention of liquidating them to help offset some costs. Beerman alleged Zosiak had a gambling problem and that she had recently lost a large sum of money. He also claimed that they were discussing a possible divorce or separation. Per the cop's request, Beerman escorted them to the basement, sans Zosiak, and opened the safe. Police said that there were miscellaneous valuable items inside, but no purses. They said Beerman reached inside, handed them Zosiak's passport, which was in a Louis Vuitton case, of course. Beerman then claimed the office, claimed to the officers that Zosiak had punched him in the back of the head during an earlier altercation concerning the disputed property, but he did not have visible injuries and declined medical attention. He produced a recording of the alleged incident, but ultimately said that he did not want to press charges. Reps for Kim Zosiak did not immediately respond to Page Six's request for comment. Um, Kim Zosiak then asked the officers to stay while she loaded items, including handbags and glasses, into the car. They stayed for over an hour, which they observed the duo engage in numerous disagreements. The cops said they asked Beerman and Zosiak several times to remain civil because their four minor children were present. After the officers left, Beerman called them to complain that Zosiak was using his credit card. They had contacted Zosiak. She said she had used a credit a card. Ooh. <laughs> Mumble jumble. That she had used a card linked to a shared account to get gas. The former housewife added that the retired football player had not worked in seven years and that the money in the account in question was recently placed there from her cosmetics company, KAB Cosmetics. Guess that business is not doing well because um, we see where Kim Zosiak is right now. I don't need to continue to read the story. I probably read it much longer than I needed to. I'm sorry for that podcast, podcast listeners. Thank you for enduring that mess of a story. Lord have mercy. Kim Zosiak, Corey Beerman, I wish you well. Another thing about Corey Bierman is that on Twitter this weekend, people were saying that Corey was on Instagram Live crying, and he revealed that Kim was cheating on him, apparently with another Big Papa. Um, my question is, why is there no screen recording of this, if this is true? Bravo lovers, if you are going to report the tea on Twitter about what is going on between Croy and Kim Zosiak, please come with receipts. Otherwise, we have nothing to report. And no one else has confirmed this, so this is mere speculation. Um, but when we return, we are going to get into the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Be right back. Holla. And now we have the Real Housewives of Atlanta. This is season 15, episode 5, titled Drama for Yo Mama. 
So we continue with Marlo knocking and banging on Kenya Moore's hotel room door. Marlo is saying the name Summer, Summer, Summer. And at first, I didn't know who Summer was until Marlo called out Kenya's full government name, Kenya Summer Moore. Um, Kenya has a right to be upset about that madness outside her hotel room door. And honestly, if I was staying on that hotel floor, I would have called security. I would have called the lobby. Like, there's a woman banging on a hotel door. It's nighttime. I'm trying to sleep. Come get this woman. Come get this woman. So, yes, Kenya has a right to be upset. Marlo says that she can't lead by example because Kenya is older than her. Really, Marlo, you are a grown woman and you are capable of so much more. Just because Kenya Moore is older than you does not mean that you can't lead by example yourself. Um, one thing I have to say about Marlo, Marlo what has been, was a friend of the cast, I think since season three and for like nine or ten years. Uh, this is Marlo's second year as a peach. And on Twitter, she is not being received well. People want Marlo to be fired because people feel like Marlo's combative. She's childish and uh, she's not fun to watch on television. And I don't disagree with the people on the Twitter. Um, but I have to say one thing that we've learned about Marlo over the past couple of years is that Marlo just wants to be loved and accepted. And unfortunately, those insecurities show up in her behavior on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. You know, Kenya Moore pays Marlo dust. Kenya Moore does not legitimize Marlo, so Marlo lashes out. What I mean by that is, you know, Marlo, in these moments that you see, looks for a moment to antagonize Kenya so she, Kenya can start popping off so they can go back and forth. And so, but Kenya does not engage. So that's what I mean that Kenya does not legitimize Marlo, honestly, as a housewife. Uh, Marlo really only has um, Drew, Sanya, Courtney, and Sheree. At this point, she does not have Kenya. She does not have Candy. She does not have Monietta. And I, yeah, I think that's it. But at least, you know, at least Marlo has some people. At least she's not on an island by herself. Uh, but we see the ladies walking through the hotel and they walk through a doorway and the doorway is propped open. Marlo grabs the door and closes it shut and Monietta's face. Monietta gets angry. The ladies are yelling and arguing at the hotel bar. Honestly, one of my dreams, one of my biggest dreams is to find myself in the middle. Well, first in the same <laughs> restaurant a mere earshot away or a table from the Real Housewives of any city arguing. It is one of my biggest dreams in life. Another dream of mine is to meet Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter. I'm going to see her in August at the Renaissance World Tour. I know I've talked about this many times and you may be annoyed by how many times I mentioned Beyonce, but I'm very excited to see her. You know, I spent a decent amount of money for those seats. So let's see if uh, it was worth the price. And each and every time I've seen Beyonce, it has been worth the money. 
So, like I said, the ladies are yelling and arguing at the bar. Monietta uh, calls Kenya on the phone. Kenya says, I told you not to trust Marlo. She's a snake. And Monia said, my poop, <laughs> not my poo. My superpower is kindness, uh, which I found very cute and not what you typically hear after someone tries to slam a door in your face. So, like, that was an authentic and funny and cute moment from friend of Monietta Shaw. And honestly, I like Monietta. At times, I feel like she's trying a little too hard. But when she's in the moment, she can really pop off. She can be funny. She can be goofy. She can be vulnerable. And I believe that Real Housewives of Atlanta is in desperate need of a little fun. But Monietta seems authentic. She feels authentic. And I believe that there is some housewife potential there. Maybe not yet. Maybe she needs another season as a friend of, but I believe that there is housewife potential there. So then Kenya says on the phone that those who are not in her core group of friends must go home. So Sanya is like, uh, well, I have a job tomorrow, so I'm going to hit the road, Jack, and I won't be coming back no more, no more, no more. Um, why are the police outside? Is this the police that Kenya said she was going to call to get Marlo? Because she was banging and acting a fool outside the hotel room door. Um, but then Marlo and cousin Courtney have a little powwow in the corner of the lobby of the hotel. And at this moment, in my opinion... Of cousin Courtney, it, my opinion has shifted. Courtney came in extra hot in the first three episodes, but in this moment, Courtney became the mediator and articulated better what Marlo did about Marlo's frustration with Kenya. So kudos to Courtney for um, showing us a different side other than the extra and thirsty side we have seen thus far on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, I don't know if I've said this, but I believe that Marlo has the potential to make good television, and there is no lie about that. But I, I, I believe that Marlo can be childish, and that she can take things too far, and she does not respect boundaries. Now, you may ask, um, should a does a housewife respect boundaries? And if you have watched the show, these shows, you know, housewives are not really good at respecting boundaries, but I, I, I believe that there is a line that should not be crossed. The the issue with the Real Housewives is that, you know, what is the line? Because there's so many times a line has been crossed and you see some punishment, you see some blowback, some housewives end up going to prison. Um, but how far is too far? And when is Marlo going to ask herself before she starts filming? How far is too far? Marlo, start asking yourself these questions. Um, I also did not know that Kenya Moore did not tell the girls that she was performing at the halftime show at the HBCU football game. And that is the reason why some of the ladies are frustrated because they don't know why they're in Birmingham. But ladies, you're in Birmingham to work. You were filming a season of the World Housewives of Atlanta. So just because you don't know exactly why you're in Birmingham doesn't mean that you should be acting a fool, getting upset and frustrated with Kenya because she has not revealed every 
ounce of the itinerary for this trip with you. You know, Kenya is trying to surprise you with her fa- her halftime performance. And, you know, people like Marlo are acting like a child because she doesn't know everything that's going to be happening. But Mar- <laughs> Moneta is like, I'm straight. I'm straight. Just like you can call Pookie and them, I got Ray Ray and them, and they are some gorillas. And Sheree is like, ooh, don't call Ray Ray and them. Um, that moment was hilarious. Um, I then proceeded to look up Pookie and Ray Ray, and it led me to it led me to the Urban Dictionary. And I don't know if anyone ever has to sometimes um Go to the Urban Dictionary because maybe you've heard a word before, but you don't know what it means. But it's it's not going to be in Webster and it's not going to be on Dictionary.com. So you have to go to the Urban Dictionary. Um, so I don't mean to offend anyone that might be categorized as a Pookie and Ray Ray. But according to Urban Dictionary.com. Pookies and Ray Rays are stereotypical ghetto-dwelling men. They lack ambition. They usually don't have a job or a decent income. They probably have felony records for stupid crimes like domestic abuse, petty theft, selling weed, robbery, assault, drug addiction, and multiple children by several women. They have few employment prospects due to their inability to take control of their lives, mainly because they're poorly educated. They lack personal responsibility for their problems and cannot respond to difficult circumstances. They are shamelessly low class. That is according to UrbanDictionary.com. And honestly, I was not expecting such a thorough definition for Pookie and Ray Rays. So if you are a Pookie and a Ray Ray out there, um, if you know any Pookies and Ray Rays out there, love on your Pookie and Ray Ray because everyone is one dream away from success, one idea away from, you know, personal freedom, personal liberation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just BSing at this point. Shout out to all the Pookies and Ray Rays around the world. Um, and then Monietta says, I ain't no killer, but don't push me. And that reminds me of one of my favorite Rihanna songs. It's called uh, Man Down, where she's talking about how she shot a man down in Central Station. Oh, mama, 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 I just shot a man down in Central Station in front of a big old crowd. Whoa, oh, oh. I'm sorry. I hope I don't have to pay for that. But then we also see... <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. And it's going to sound so terrible. I'm going to see if I can auto-tune that section. Uh, So we see Drew leaves the hospital because she had the flu. Um, Everybody is getting sick. Sheree was sick. Kenya, we end up finding out, is sick. Drew is sick. 
Um, but moving on to the next scene, we are at candy-coated offices. And here we have Todd and Candy. Todd is very excited to present a poster for the film that he has been writing called The Pass. And it's about a couple that gives each other a hall pass. Um, someone should let Todd Tucker know that that movie has been done before. And it's called The Hall Pass. And it's starring Owen Wilson, Jason Sudeikis, Jenna Fisher, and Christina Applegate. And it was actually filmed here in Atlanta. Um, so Candy and Todd, they start talking. Candy mentions the fact that her mom, Mama Joyce, called her, but didn't mention the fact that she made some shady comments about Todd at BravoCon. Todd doesn't deserve to be continuously disrespected by Mama Joyce. Candy and Todd have been married for nine years. Um... Candy makes it clear that she is going to have a conversation with Mama Joyce. And at this moment that I was watching, I was like, oh, Lord, how is that conversation going to go? Because one thing about Mama Joyce is that, you know, she's not really good at taking accountability for her actions. And maybe once you get to, you know, being a woman of a certain age or any age that's up there in the upper echelons of life that, you know, you just say things and you don't really care if it hurts anyone's feelings. You don't care if it's hurting your daughter and her husband and could potentially hurt your grandkids. You know, Mama Joyce says it like it is. And sometimes the things she says are rude and disrespectful. Um, so we move on to the next scene. And this is the next day in Birmingham. We find out that Kenya was hospitalized. She was experiencing numbness in her left arm, shallow breathing, and she recently recovered from COVID. COVID strikes again, everybody. COVID strikes again. Just when you think it is over, it is not. Um, so Sheree gathers the girls, Marlo, Courtney, and Monietta, and they FaceTime Kenya. I loved this moment, a moment of support for Kenya from the girls. And Marlo leads a prayer for Kenya. That was so nice. You see, Marlo is capable of um, presenting authentic moments on camera. And I'm glad Marlo did this because her behavior the night prior was despicable and unacceptable. Um, then Marlo says she doesn't even remember what happened last night. Marlo, you were what happened last night. You banged on Kenya's door with her daughter in there, and you slammed the door in Monietta's face. And I just believe that Marlo needs to be more accountable for her actions. And I'm not even a life coach. I might need a life coach myself, Okay. I'm not coaching anyone's life, but Marlo, if you have a life coach and you're talking about the progress that you have made in your life, you're not showing progress. Be accountable for your actions. You were a mess last night. So then the ladies gather in the hotel lobby to eat breakfast, and we found out that Kenya has been discharged from the hospital. And uh, Monia gives us a little one-two step, uh, and I just have to say 10, 10, 10s across the board for Monietta. I love that moment from Monietta. See, another moment of fun and lightheartedness. And so we get to Kenya Moore's house. Sheree checks in on Kenya at her house, which is nice, but Kenya's coughing, and we found out that Kenya had the flu. Um, so 
if I were Sheree, I would have just FaceTimed Kenya um, and maybe sent an audible arrangement. I know Sheree lives around the corner for Kenya, so maybe I would have walked an edible arrangement around the corner and left it at the front door and then proceeded to have a FaceTime conversation with Kenya because you are coughing and hacking and like sitting in the bedroom filled with germs and like, you know, germy things floating in the air and Sheree's just sitting on the couch just kicking with Kenya. That's brave of Sheree. I would have been like, give me a mask. I'm sorry. Get me a mask or let's FaceTime this. But you are put me, putting me in the line of fire of flu symptoms and flu germs. So then we get to the sit down with Mama Joyce and Candy. Mama Joyce reveals that she was just getting over a cold. So we have Sheree, Kenya, Drew, and Mama Joyce were sick. Uh, I have to say, I last fall, I was not sick. I don't think I got sick. I don't think. So Candy starts a conversation with her mom uh, about her disrespecting Todd. And it doesn't go anywhere because these conversations with Mama Joyce usually don't go anywhere. Um... Mama Joyce does not acknowledge what she's done, how she has made Candy or Todd feel. Um, She's like, I don't even come here. Todd's sleeping when I come over. And Candy's like, yeah, that's because he doesn't want to come out when you're here because he doesn't want to have drama with you and he wants to keep the peace. And I understand that. And then Mama Joyce says, a real man teaches their six-year-old son to take out the trash. Now, I don't have kids. I have admitted that many times on this podcast. I do not have kids, but I feel like a six-year-old is a little too young to be taking out the trash. I understand that they live in a gated community and they uh, their home is gated within the gated community. Um, but Six seems a little too young to be taking out the trash. Uh, My mom didn't teach me how to do laundry, wash dishes, load a dishwasher, or clean a bathroom until I was in the fourth grade. So I feel like that's around the age where you start introducing household chores to the child, even though I am childless. Um, But also, Ace is literally in KFC commercials on Bravo. Ace is not a normal child, Mama Joyce. And even though I believe that, you know, children should grow up with discipline and structure, especially learning how to do household chores, like, you know, doing the laundry and cooking. Um, But maybe when Ace is like 11 or 10 and not six, let Ace be a kid. And then Mama Joyce throws another jab at Todd, saying that George, comparing Todd to George Jefferson. And if you didn't, if you don't understand the reference to George Jefferson, George Jefferson, he ends up moving on up to the penthouse and the sky due to the success of, I believe, his laundry business. And so Mama Joyce does not see Todd's success as legitimate because she sees it tied to Candy's success. Mama Joyce does not believe Todd would be where he is right now in life if it wasn't for being with Candy. And that may be true, but Todd was a a producer, a managing producer on the Real Housewives of Atlanta prior to being with um, Candy. And Todd ended up 
quitting that job because he was in a relationship with a talent and you can't work be the crew and in a relationship with a talent or at least that might not work with bravo um so yeah we're never gonna see mama joyce respect todd because in mama joyce's mind todd should have been more successful before he met candy and because now that todd is more successful after being with Candy. Mama Joyce doesn't find Todd to be uh, legitimate, and that's sad. Uh, Candy suggests going to a family therapist, uh, but she said the therapist is going to need therapy after being with her family, and Candy might be right about that. I hope uh, they film that because that will be a sight to see. Uh, That could be Candy Burris' next spinoff, The Real Housewives of Atlanta, a candy family therapy session. Um, listen, I I'm just a talent. I don't come up with uh, TV show names. Don't be mad at me, but that was a terrible suggestion for Candy's spinoff on Bravo about her family and therapy. So we get to the last scene, uh, and they're in an IV place, and I just I'm so sick of these IV places. Like it's so weird that. Recovering from the night before, I guess, being sick or being having low energy has resulted in a business where people just sit in a chair and be poked and prodded in a, with an IV. And I guess I feel this way because, you know, I've revealed I'm a cancer survivor. I spent nine months of my life in and out of the children's health care of Atlanta with an IV port in my chest. And, like, constantly having a needle going in and out of my body every couple of days, every couple of weeks. And so it's just weird to me to just see people casually having an IV hooked up to them because they might be recovering from the flu. That's just my opinion. No offense to anyone that has participated in going to an IV place Um, Shout out to everyone that is hooked up to an IV right now going through it. Um, Gas up. Get better. I'm rooting for you. So that's the end of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. When we return, we're going to get into Summer House, Martha's Vineyard. Um, If you hear some thunder in the background, it's a little stormy in the ATL. It's a little stormy. Rain down on me. So we have Summer House Martha's Vineyard. This is season one, episode five. Jim Making Me Crazy is the name of the, is the title of the episode. Um, So we continue on with the conflict from last week. Silas goes back downstairs after arguing with Bria about, um, Silas and Jasmine's hesitation to let Simon, who is Bria's boyfriend, that is coming to Martha's Vineyard all the way from Germany. And Silas and Jasmine are unsure if they want to let Simon stay the rest of the time in the house, which is, I think, five or six days. Um, Jasmine says her goal is to have a simple house vote about the length of time guests can stay. Um, I understand that, Jasmine, 
but I am sick of all the house votes. And I'm sick of Silas and Jasmine trying to delegate and control every single thing in this house. It is not fun. It is not fun to watch. I need Jet. Ja- Listen, I'm not ready to kick Jasmine and Silas off the island. I'm not ready. But um, if Jasmine and Silas are going to come back next season, I need them to let go. I need them to relax. I need them to have a good time and stop trying to delegate and control everything. This is not Survivor. This is not Big Brother. This is Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Get with the program. Um, and so in this moment, Preston says, let's just drink and have a good time. Thank you, Preston. Thank you. Um, so we get to the next morning. We find out that Jason, uh, one of the newest cast members, remember in the last episode, we saw the arrival of Jason and Summer. And we find out that Jason has a three and a half month old daughter and things with him and the mother of the child did not work out. Um, I am questioning why on earth you, Jason, sir, are on Summer House Martha's Vineyard and you have a three month old. A newborn. Let's be let's be real. Women don't have the privilege of taking time off parenthood to go on a reality show to party and whoop it up three months after giving birth, unless that said mother is bringing the child to the summer house. So I, you know, I I do understand the fact that yes. Jason coming on the show, this is a great opportunity to be seen, to make business happen, to, you know, it would be great if Summer House Martha's Vineyard comes back for a second season and Jason is brought back as the cast. You know, he can make money and provide more for his daughter as a single father. So I'm not I'm not poo-pooing on Jason for being at the Summer House, but I'm saying Jason, you know, look in the mirror and recognize that, you know, a woman most likely would not be able to leave her three-month-old child behind to be on a reality show. Um, Then we have Summer. She announced that tonight they will be having some Jamaican cuisine. And Summer reveals that she is actually Irish-Canadian and Jamaican. Uh, But before Jasmine, Preston, Bria, Summer, and Jordan leave for brunch, Jasmine says in her confessional that Simon will be lucky to be greeted by her when she arrives. Um, Jasmine, you're coming off as a hater. In these moments, Jasmine, I don't like you on the show, and you're not fun to watch, and you're making a big deal about Simon coming on the show, and it's coming off a little twisted, you know? It looks messed up. I'm not going to say anything more, but I'm just saying it does not look good. I'm just going to be honest. It doesn't look good that um, Jasmine and Silas are kind of like begrudgingly trying to block Simon from staying in this house for the rest of the trip. It just doesn't look good. The optics don't look good. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, So we get to the brunch. Jordan opens up about why she's single. She reveals that she was in a situationship uh, with someone uh, that just got out of a long-term committed relationship, and it turned out he was still in that long-term committed relationship. So that is why 
Jordan did a vow of celibacy for a year. But Jordan says she's not checking for anyone unless someone excites her. And it's clear that Amir is not exciting her. Summer opens up about her past relationship. Um, and I like Summer. She has come into this house with great energy. She has opened up about her life and who she is. She's talked about her background being Irish, Canadian, and Jamaican. And she's already planning a Jamaican-themed dinner. What This is what, your first full night in the house? And you're already coming in hot, but coming in hot in the best way. Like I said, I really like Summer. So we get back to the Summer house. Summer knocks on the door of Alex and they start talking. You know, they start speaking the same language, the Kumbaya language, the Namaste language. Uh, you know, we realize that they're both cerebral individuals but at this moment you see that this is the beginning of sparks flying between summer and alex and i like alex he's very chill he's very low-key he's not thirsty for attention he's he's very quiet and i would like alex to wake up and realize like your cousin you know you're if you don't know alex's cousin is john legend and if chrissy Teigen is watching you know summer house martha's vineyard i hope season uh Two, if that comes along, Chrissy Teigen will offer some advice to Cousin Alex because you got to give a little more. And that's why I'm happy that Summer and Alex are vibing because now Summer can bring out something more in Alex because at this point, Alex is not bringing enough to be on season two of Summer House Martha's Vineyard, if you understand what I mean. Like, I could see production saying, you know, Alex did, didn't really bring that much. Are we really going to keep him because he's the cousin of John Legend? Could we replace him with someone who's going to bring a little more? Um, but if Summer and Alex solidify something, that's almost a guaranteed return to season two of Summer House Martha's Vineyard. So then... The Jamaican food comes out. It looks delicious. And there's some rum punch. I love rum punch. And I love Jamaican food. I can't handle Jamaican food. But I love, you know, stew chicken, stew beef, uh, curry goat. I love me a Jamaican beef patty, whether it's a regular beef patty, non-spicy beef patty. I love the curry chicken beef patty. I love the veggie patty. I love the vegan patty. I love anytime. I've invited over like a Super Bowl party or New Year's Eve party. I always bring fresh and hot out of the oven Jamaican cocktail patties. I really love Jamaican food. So the cast is eating and some of them can't handle that Jamaican heat, that punch, that spice. And like I said, I can't handle spicy food. I can't handle hot Cheetos. I can't even handle sriracha sauce without coughing. I just start to get hot. I start schwitzing. Uh, if you don't know what schwitzing is, schwitzing is Yiddish for sweating. Um, just some Jewish knowledge for you. Like I said, I am from Long Island, New York. Uh, but my black card is not up for grabs because I can't handle spicy food. It's not up for grabs, people. Um, so Summer then comes up with the idea to play Truth, Dare, or Drink. Summer has arrived, and it's going to be a summer of fun.
<laughs> it's going to be a summer of fun because summer is coming in and she is making things happen. She is making love connections. She is revealing who she is. Summer is here to have a good time. Let's welcome Summer to the Summer House. Um, I do find it interesting that Summer chose to twerk on Nick. Uh, who has the girlfriend, but Summer was not in the house when it was revealed that Nick has a girlfriend. Uh, but Nick in that moment maybe should have said, I don't, I have a girlfriend of a year and a half and maybe I shouldn't be seen with another girl twerking on me on national television. But, you know, um, Nick, even though he's an okay person, you know, he has an interesting style. Nick is a little shady. Nick is not revealing all his cards because... Again, I feel like Nick was trying to see what was going to happen with other ladies in the house before he revealed that he has had a girlfriend for the past year and a half. But I'm wondering, Summer, why did you not creep on over to Alex, who you were vibing with? But Alex sees exactly what Summer is putting down. Summer decided to twerk on Nick because Summer didn't want to seem thirsty and reveal all her cards. So I respect Summer for that. That was smart, Summer. I see you. You're playing the game. You're not getting played. You're you're playing the game, Summer. Uh, and then Summer gets dared to kiss Alex. And they shared their first kiss. Um, and then <laughs> this whole truth, dare, or drink game closes out with the cast clowning Silas and Jasmine about their sex sounds in the middle of the night. And I'm glad someone did it. Someone had to say it. And apparently Jasmine and Silas did not know that was happening, so much so because in the next scene, of course, Jasmine and Silas are shagging in the bedroom and Silas gets frustrated because Jasmine's in her head trying to be quiet so other people in the house won't hear and Silas is like baby when you don't make when you don't make noises that doesn't turn me on and Jasmine is like are you kidding me right now so yes um bravo I would like to say again I don't want to see any more of Jasmine and Silas having sex. I don't need to hear it. Don't blur it out. Don't show it. Cut to another scene. So moving on, the next day the boys go for lunch and the girls go shopping. And Amir reveals that he doesn't feel like Jordan is reciprocating the interest he is showing Jordan. Ding, 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 ding. That is correct, Amir. Jordan is not interested. She's just not interested in you um and then we cut to the girls going shopping i think preston's with them and jasmine starts badgering jordan about her singledom and jordan makes it clear that she is okay and why does her life have to be defined by being in a relationship or not can i get an amen let the church say amen again being single should not define a person. Most of my friends are in long-term committed relationships. Most of my friends are married. A lot of them have kids. I'm 31. I'm single. I live by myself. I'm childless. I have my own place. I go on solo trips around the world, and I'm content. I'm having the time of my life. And when a single person is ready to settle down then they will do so. They will proceed accordingly. I just need Jasmine to mind her business. Mind your business, Jasmine. Mind your business. 
So we are rounding out this episode recap of Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Uh, the house is getting ready for dinner, and everyone is anticipating Simon's arrival. Alex gives Amir a lineup. If you don't know what a lineup is, that is barber talk. Um, and I love this moment between Alex and Amir, especially because Amir shared that, like, his mom, his family, his Lebanese family never took him to a barbershop. And I believe that Amir's mother would shave his hair in the shower. And so Amir did not go to a barbershop until he got older. And if you don't know, the barbershop is the foundation of conversation among black men. If you say you're a politician and you want to know what's happening within the black community, within uh, spaces that include black men, go to a barbershop. That's where real conversation is happening. So then Simon arrives in style in a red Ferrari, which gives small dick energy. But according to uh, Bria, Simon is working with 10 inches. Uh, I am so sorry I had to mention that. But, you know, <laughs> it's part of the podcast. Um, but Simon arrives in a Ferrari um, and it kind of smells like a setup with production to really present Simon in all his German glory. Uh, Simon arrives. Everyone is warm and welcoming to him. Uh, we see Bria and what she's wearing. I love you, Bria. Bria looks like she's wearing the remains of Big Bird. And, and, like, it's giving Project Runway, and they got eliminated this episode. But at least Simon arrives with an expensive bottle of tequila. I've never even seen that tequila before. I've had that kind of tequila before, but it's, like, the, the white and blue porcelain bottle. Um, that tequila is Class Azul Gold Edition, which retails for $300. Um, so, like I said, the group welcomes Simon with open arms. Uh, then the group goes out to dinner, and Simon and Bria seem to be hosting this group dinner. They have Vouve Clicquot champagne, and Simon gifts everyone with, like, $1,000 watches. In this moment, I kind of felt bad that Simon felt it was necessary to bring expensive gifts kind of to buy the acceptance of the people in the house. I didn't like that, and I felt bad that Simon felt the need to do that. I really felt bad. And, of course, Silas is happy now because he's getting a $1,200 watch. Um, so, yeah, this was this episode of Summer House, Martha's Vineyard. I'm enjoying Summer House. Summer House is getting better as the season goes on. You know, season one is always the testing ground to whether a show is going to work. And even though I don't like the fact that we did lose two cast members, Mariah and Phil, uh, with the uh, addition of Summer and Jason, this house is finding its groove. And I believe that if Jason, not Jason, if Silas and Jasmine can just let go and stop trying to control and delegate everything, that things in the house would be a lot more fun. Like, not everything has to be a discussion. Not everything that ha has to be a house vote. You know, just let go. Let it go, Jasmine and Silas. Let it go. So when we return, we're going to talk about Summer House Reunion Part 2. Don't go anywhere. And we have the Summer House, OG Summer House. This is season seven, 
episode 17, The Reunion Part 2, and the conclusion to season 7 of Summer House. So we continue with the reunion. Paige and Lindsay are going at it. Paige calls Lindsay nuts, and Lindsay says that I'd rather be nuts than boring. And that was a clock by Lindsay, because... Paige can be boring in the house. She spends a lot of time in the bed with Sierra and Maya and Amanda. Um, Paige really only shows up in her confessionals, her interviews and reunions. Um, And we, I'm going to mention a moment that Andy actually confirms what I just said about Paige uh, later on. Uh, So in this moment, Lindsay and Carl revealed that they are getting married in November in Mexico, and the invite list is dependent on the results of this reunion. Honestly, I'm surprised that they're getting married so soon because I would have thought Lindsay and Carl would have tried to milk their marriage uh, and their pending nuptials for television and... The new season of Summer House will probably start filming within the next four weeks. Um, So I guess maybe that was dumb for me to assume that (laughs) Carl and Lindsay would be getting married within the next four to six weeks for season eight of Summer House. Uh, But I wonder if Lindsay and Carl are going to get like a Summer House wedding special, Uh, another spinoff for Summer House, maybe. Um, But yeah. Lindsay and Carl are going to be getting married in November in Mexico. And uh, depending on how the reunion turns out, depends on whether some of these cast members will be invited to the wedding. So we get to reunion block one. This is Kyle and Carl's friendship. Carl admits that he wasn't open with Kyle about his dissatisfaction with working for Loverboy. Amanda explains that she was trying to explain to Kyle that Carl was simply venting to Lindsay about his frustrations with the job the same way Amanda has in the past vented to Kyle about her experiences with her previous job. Lindsay clarifies that the advice she gave to Carl was to have a conversation with Kyle. Because Carl was just going to quit his job at Loverboy. I need Carl to work on that. Carl does not like confrontation, and I respect that as a person. But Carl, sometimes, especially when you're not happy with a job and you're working for your best friend's company, you need to verbalize that you are not feeling happy with where you are in the company and maybe something needs to change or maybe you need to leave. But just venting to Lindsay about it is not going to change anything. And just quitting and not expressing your frustrations is not going to change anything either. Uh, But we see Amanda, then she gives a nudge to Kyle to apologize to Lindsay for assuming Lindsay was steering that ship when it comes to Carl's work frustrations. And good on Kyle for apologizing. Hashtag adulting. Carl admits that he used to show up to work coked up. And he forgot his laptop sometimes. And he would have appreciated being the one to share that story and not Kyle. Uh, I agree with that. I was deeply disappointed when Kyle revealed angrily uh, and very passionately at that group dinner at the beginning of the season that Carl used to show up to work coked up. I think that was unacceptable as a friend, as 
as a colleague, because they are cast members, uh, to reveal that information on camera. Especially because we know Carl no longer works for Loverboy. And what if that coming off on camera impacts Carl getting a job with another company. I know that Carl has been sober for a while now, um, and he is still working on the everyday path of his sobriety. But, you know, that comment made by Kyle could have really effed up any potential job opportunities for Carl. But I think I'm hoping Carl will be okay. I still don't know what Carl does for a living, other than he's a cast member of Summer House. That point that Paige made is correct, because I know Lindsay also has, like, uh, she's a publicist, but I don't know who she's a publicist for. Maybe I should just go on the internet and look up Lindsay's Hub House business to see that for myself. But you don't really see Lindsay talking about her business as much as she did in the earlier seasons. Um, Kyle apologizes to Carl. He hugs Carl. Carl is emotional. He's crying. Um, This is a moment of true friendship. This is real. This is what we call reality television. I love this moment. And I love that both Lindsay and Carl both acknowledge the fact that Danielle defending Carl was a good thing, and that Danielle is loyal to the soil. I love that Lindsay and Carl both acknowledged that um, because Danielle was defending Carl in that moment. And even when Carl and Lindsay left the house, <laughs> Danielle was mad that people were trying on their hats. So, like, you know, I really love that moment. Carl reveals that he showed up, he used to show up to tape his interviews on season one. He, And he would show up hammered. He would show up drunk. I know those both mean the same thing. But just in case you don't know what hammered means, just just in case, you know, hammered means something different, you know, in another country. Because, you know, this podcast is worldwide. We are listened to in 10 countries. But let me get back to Summer House Reunion. Um, So Carl used to show up to film his interviews for Summer House on season one, Drunk. And he talked about uh, his brother's heroin addiction while he was in the midst of his own addiction, but didn't see it and acknowledge it at the time. And uh, that his brother was watching Carl talk about his heroin addiction on the show, on national television, might I add, and that that damaged their relationship and he never got to have a final conversation before his brother died. Um, That was a sad moment. That actually made me tear up. You know, I have to get into Carl's journey on the show. You know, I wrote down on my notes, brilliant, dynamic, uh, growth, honest, open. You know, if you go back to season one, the first maybe three, four seasons of Summer House, you know, Carl was only concerned about partying, hooking up with girls, getting laid. You know, he was known as like an F boy. And to see Carl in this moment, open, honest, vulnerable, succeeding in his sobriety, I'm so proud of Carl and like what a journey this man has been on from season one to season seven so I tip my hat to Carl I love Carl he's good for the show I don't know 
I feel like him and Lindsay have outgrown the show, but of course I I would love for Lindsay and Carl, uh, more Carl than Lindsay, to come back to next season of Summer House, season eight. Um, so the cast goes on break, and then you hear Andy say, "Wow, Paige really clocked in. She doesn't speak much, but when she does, it's impactful." And that is true. That is what I pointed out in the beginning of this recap of Summer House Reunion Part Two. So then we see Corey's getting ready backstage, and in my opinion, Corey saved this season. Corey came in with a shot of energy that this house needed. Thank God for Corey, and I hope that production is bringing Corey back next season, especially because Corey and Sam are together. Here's another storyline to play out on season eight of Summer House. So Carl and Lindsay are talking, and she's saying the only people that matter are Kyle, Amanda, and Danielle, and she is going to ignore the rest. So we get to reunion block two, and this is about the relationships with Corey and Sam, Paige and Craig, Maya and Oliver, Danielle and Robert. This is going to be short and sweet. Uh, We get to Sam and Corey. I am happy for them. Sam and Corey are a great addition to the cast. I can't wait to see what they bring next season. Uh, Paige reveals that her hesitancy to get more serious with Craig has to do with her fear of getting older. Valid points. Getting older is scary. Uh, Maya reveals that Oliver was cheating with 11 different women. Oliver was in the streets. Maya, get tested. I'm just saying, Maya. You hear your boyfriend or your significant other partner, whomever, has been sexually active with 11 different people, including you. While you guys were together, get tested, Maya. I'm just saying. This is not a PSA, but this is a PSA. Um, Then Danielle reveals that nothing major led to the breakup with her and Robert. Not much to talk about there. Robert is a chef. Robert had no time for Danielle. Danielle, for a long time, was okay with it. Uh, But I guess Danielle was like, you know, if this is going to be a thing, I need you to make some sacrifices to me. And Robert chose his career, and that's his decision. And so Robert and Danielle are no more. But we find out that Lindsay and Carl did not reach out to Danielle when the news broke that Danielle and Robert broke up because Lindsay and Carl felt like, you know, that was a sticky situation and they weren't in a good place at the time. They should have still reached out to their friend of several years about her breakup. It was in the press. We all know it happened. So we get to the last block of the reunion, and this is the segment about Lindsay and Danielle. Danielle says she thinks that things started to go to the left when she told Paige that she thinks Lindsay and Carl are moving too fast. Paige did stir that pot. Uh, Danielle pretty much insinuated that as well. Um, I understand Danielle saying that her goal was to make friendships with everyone in the house and that Lindsay's enemies should not be Danielle's enemies. That is a valid point from Danielle. But Danielle, you should have gone to your friends to vent your frustration instead of going to the other people in the house, especially people like Amanda, people like Paige, people like Sierra, because they don't really like Lindsay. And so to go to them to talk crap about Lindsay and Carl, 
is seen as a betrayal for Lin- from Lindsay. So I see why Lindsay is upset. You know, I, I think Lindsay has a legitimate reason to be upset with Danielle. Um, but I also understand what Danielle is saying, that just because you were not on good terms with, you know, Paige and Sierra doesn't mean that I can't have a friendship with them and vent to them about their friendship. Wow, wow. Um, and then a great point was made. Um, Carl told the guys in the house, told Lindsay's family and friends that, and he said he was going shopping for an engagement ring. So why did he not tell Danielle? Carl gets, goes into a rage. He turns red. Uh, the veins are popping out his neck. The inseams of Carl's pants are about to burst uh, because, you know, Carl is reiterating that this engagement was about him and Lindsay and his focus wasn't on including Danielle, which is valid. Carl also, even though he was a little upset, did apologize for not including Danielle. I think this part of their beef is a little childish. Again, you know, I don't know how common it is for the best friend of the bride-to-be to be involved in the engagement. I thought normally it's more of, like, the bridal showers and the bachelorette party and, like, some aspect of the wedding. I don't know. But, you know, Danielle would have loved to be involved in the engagement between Carl and Lindsay. <laughs> Even though uh, emotions are high, this matter between Danielle, Lindsay, and Carl is being delegated really well by Andy Cohen. I'm tipping my hat to Andy Cohen. Points are being made. Carl apologized for not including Danielle. Danielle apologized for being a hater at Lindsay and Carl's engagement party. And then Andy and Sierra start going in on Lindsay for not acknowledging the fact that Dan- Danielle just took responsibility for being a hater at your engagement party. Danielle apologized for not being supportive. And Lindsay, at this moment, it's like she never even heard it, any of it. But I do think this was wrong of Andy. Andy Cohen, you cannot show bias. And in this moment, you did. But you reeled it in. But, like... Really, Andy, I need you to work on in reunions, being non-biased. You know, you're supposed to be objective. You're the Barbara Walters of Bravo, and I need you to, to tap into that inner Barbara Walters and be a journalist, even though this is a summer house reunion and this is Bravo and not, you know, ABC News or 2020, <laughs> you know, but in this moment, I do believe Andy was wrong to start yelling at Lindsay, like, yelling at a member of the cast that he's not even an executive producer on. Wrong move, Andy. Um, but, you know, Lindsay, when she is upset and hurt, you really can't get through to her, and it becomes difficult for her to acknowledge her part and the damage that she did contribute to her relationship, her friendship with Danielle. Um, but then Andy kind of makes up for that yelling at Lindsay, uh, by breaking it down for Lindsay so she can fully comprehend, you know, what just happened a couple of minutes prior. Oh, God bless Carl. Lindsay is a lot. Lindsay is good television. Like Lindsay said to Paige, she'd rather be uh, 
nuts than boring. Lindsay is great television. She gives Housewife potential. I believe that she should be on the reboot of The Real Housewives of New York. Um, but sometimes speaking to Lindsay is like speak, speaking to a brick wall, kind of like speaking to Mama Joyce or speaking to Teresa or speaking to Alexi on The Real Housewives of Miami. Just some of these these cast of characters on these shows are not good at receiving constructive criticism criticism and acknowledging their part in the situations that they are in. But I love that the reunion ends like this. Danielle says that she would love to continue their friendship or at least start something new from here. And with, uh, you know, some, with the help of a friend named Andy, Lindsay helps kind of agree with moving on and trying for their friendship. So we will see how all of that goes down on season eight of Summer House, which we will probably not see until next year. But we'll probably hear about it in the blogs and on social media. Um, So that is Wednesday's episode. Before I let you go, I wanted to mention this at the top of the show. You know, I live in the United States. I'm from this country, the United States of America. So it's my assumption that most of my listeners are going to be in the United States of America, which is true. But we have had some consistent listeners in the UK, Singapore, and Australia. So if you listen to this podcast and you live in Singapore, the United Kingdom, and Australia, please reach out to the podcast on Instagram. We are at Bravo T with Jared B on Instagram. We are at Bravo T with JB on Twitter. So reach out to us, slide in our DMs, give us a follow, um, you know, introduce yourself. And if you do, I'll give you a shout out on the podcast and you can hear about yourself on the next episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. Um, If you do listen to this podcast and you're listening right now, whether you're at work, doing laundry, on a long drive home to or from work, um, if you don't follow us on social media, Follow us on Instagram at Bravo T with Jared B. On Twitter at Bravo T with JB. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and review this podcast. Please continue to share this podcast with your friends, your family members, your coworkers. If they love Bravo, let them know that there is a new podcast in town. It is called Bravo T with Jared B. And thank you so much for the support. We have another episode coming up on Friday. I'm very excited for the season 17 premiere of The Real Housewives of Orange County. That is going to be on Friday's recap episode. Friday's recap episode, again, will have my recap of The Real Housewives of Orange County. It will have my recap of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. It's going to have my recap of the final part of Vanderpump Rules. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much for the support. I am going to get ready for bed and I'm going to watch the newest episode of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. So until next time, I will pod you later. I'm trying out some closing statements. Let me know what you think about pod you later. 
maybe it's corny, maybe it's cheesy, let me know. If you're my friend and you're listening, text me, let me know what I should say to close out the podcast. Have a good one, everyone. Good night.